my god, it's back! <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Tape Deck Podcast. My name is Rob Mora, and I will be taking care of you tonight. Today is February 28th, 2020. It is a devastatingly chilling morning uh, compared to yesterday's sun and fun, and I'm sitting here in my studio drinking a cup of coffee and wishing you all a good evening, I guess, because you're probably going to be listening to this in the afternoon or something like that. Uh, if you have never listened to the Tape Deck podcast before, uh, it usually doesn't start off with an introduction like this, but that's what I'm sort of, I'm figuring that out in season two. I like sort of opening with a little bit of a, a current events sort of thing. Like, where are we right now? Because, you know, if we're going to pull the curtain a little back, I like doing these podcasts, recording these interviews ahead of time. But that does sort of lend to a little bit of staleness sometimes if we're talking about current events back then. So I give it a little update, you know? And so... Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you've never seen the website, tapedeckpodcast.com, if you've never listened to the podcast, it is all about music appreciation of all different forms with a focus on underground music and stuff, you know, at the micro level as opposed to the macro level. I love talking about that stuff, but it's always about contextualizing it where artists are butting out right now, giving a lot of underground artists more of a voice. I always think that's really important, especially... Um, when you're coming behind any different music scene. This podcast is based in Seattle, so for the most part, you're going to see a lot of Seattle local artists, um, which there are a ton of amazing Seattle local artists, so I'm so excited to be showing you guys that through this podcast. If you're listening and you're part of the scene, you'll be probably seeing a lot of familiar faces, a lot of familiar voices. That's always exciting, too. Uh, we also do a website, um, or we, I should say me. I get album submissions and single submissions all the time from people who are like, I love what you guys are doing, or using the royal we, not the royal we, but the actual, like, plural. Uh, it's just me. <laughs> I had a writer, um, but uh, the thing is, is that if you are writing for somebody and you are not getting paid anything because you can't be paid anything because I don't have any money, uh, they don't want to do it for too long, which is a shame. But, yeah, it's just me doing all this stuff, uh, breaking my back, making no money. Uh, a labor of love, as is pretty much everything in the music world in 2020, if you're not a huge artist, you know, who's making bank off of streaming or tours or whatever. Um, if you haven't checked out the website, tapedeckpodcast.com, most of it has been album reviews. I really love doing album reviews. I think it's, it's, it's maybe an old fuddy-duddy concept nowadays, but it is, to my mind, like the most accurate and uh, accessible form of music criticism that keeps things objective. Um, so, uh, However, we are breaking into single coverage now. Um, so this podcast is going to be coming out every other Friday. And since today is the 28th, that means next week on the 6th, um, we're putting out an article called Lightning Round where we're going to be covering a whole bunch of singles, 5 to 10, 15, who knows. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be really lovely. There's going to be a playlist every week with all these singles, which I think is going to be phenomenal. So if you guys would like to check that out, if you guys have songs that you would want to check out, give them a submission. Uh, there's a contact form on the page. If you don't want to go through there, you can contact me via tapedeckpodcast at gmail.com. I'm not kidding you. I listen to literally everything. It's a lot of work, but I love doing it, and I love hearing what you guys have been sending me. It's all so much surprisingly good material, you know? And even if I don't get back to you, even if I actually don't like the music, which, you know, you can't like everything you hear, I always listen to everything. So send me those singles, because we're going to be doing that in the future. Uh, finally, before 
the podcast starts today, I just want to thank you guys so much for supporting this endeavor of mine that I've been working on for a second. Uh, as of January of this year, which is just under a year of the, the website being out, I've hit 20,000 page views uh, altogether, which, first of all, 20,000 pairs of eyes is a lot of eyes. And uh, to me, for somebody who never thought that anybody would want to look at my writing or, or pay attention to whatever it was that I'd be doing, you know, that's, it's an honor, really. So thank you guys so much for supporting. Um, there'll be more stuff down the line. Uh, I've got some merch in the works. Some of it's already ready that I just sort of got to put out and figure out how to do a market for because I've never done that before. Um, hopefully we'll have some written art interviews from artists uh, across the state, maybe some more well-known artists. Who knows? It's all about networking. It's all about getting to know people. And uh, mostly I'm excited. I'm excited. It's hard to be excited about anything in 2020 nowadays, I know, but I'm personally excited to turn this thing into something bigger than I thought it could be. Uh, and I know that it is entirely possible. It's all because of you guys. So I just want to give my thanks. Uh, anyway, these are going to be a little longer in the future, but I thought I'd keep it short because you guys are busy. You guys want to enjoy this Friday. So please do so. Here is this interview with the band Luness. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy. Today on the podcast, we've got the band Luness. Uh, they're a pretty new band. I can imagine you guys only played a couple of shows before, but mm -hmm. from here. Uh, there are so many people around me right now that I want to start <laughs> on my left. Just introduce yourselves and say what part in the band that you play. So right sure. here, right now. Uh, David Watson, uh, primarily the drummer. Um, also doing a, a fair amount of production work, so putting together some of the electronics and backing tracks, that type of stuff. Okay, cool. And then there's the whole other... Yeah. Video, <laughs> photography, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 very important. <laughs> um, I'm Julian Newman, and my strengths are vocals and songwriting, content creation, trying to dabble more in the social media realm. Um, yeah. Cool. That's what I'm pretty much doing. Nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my name is Elise Rop Gardner, and I am mainly doing vocals. I've played around with keys. And yeah, developing some keys and guitar, but it's not fully integrated into the band yet. But one day. Uh, yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I'm working a lot with promotion and managerial stuff. Cool. Yeah. And I'm Gabe Herbert. Um, I mostly play bass, also keys and guitars, and I work um, a fair bit on the marketing as well. Cool. I'm Nick Conieris. I play cello, and that's all I do because cello's hard. Yes. <laughs> you also manage all of our sound gear yeah, really well. Really I'm, I'm kind of a roadie too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really good about that. Roadie slash player. We'll add engineering to to to, to David, Nick, and Gabe. I plug yeah. things in. Throw yeah. these all into the bio. You spend um, a lot of time on our sound box. Yeah. Which is record. good. It's always important work. Your cord wrapper upper extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your cello work is marvelous, by the way. I went to see you guys at the Central Saloon uh, a couple months ago, I think, right? Was that November? November, yeah. Is, cool. Yeah, you guys were wonderful. Uh, Thank you. I heard it was your second show, yeah. I think, straight up. You guys yep. played an hour and a half set, and you guys didn't waste a minute, <laughs> which is so impressive to me. Because the, the first time I hear a new band play an hour and a half on their second show, I'm like, all right, we got to see what's going down here. Yeah. And uh, it ended up working out. You guys were fantastic. Thank so. you. Thank you. Um, how would you describe your sound? 
Um, or how would you describe the kind of hardest question? I know. Always the um, hardest. What, what's the intention going into it, I would say? Like, it's really I, just classic it's, rock. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just like straight up <laughs> Aerosmith. Have uh, you heard of the Rolling Stones? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, there's like folk elements in there as right, well. Yeah. You know. I mean, I've been yeah. trying really hard to write a bio for us the past couple days, and I guess, well, me and Gabe have, and I think the the genre we've come up with is eclectic, ethereal, electronic, classic rock. <laughs> oh the classic triple ECR. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's nice. I, I like, like to turn that to etheric rock. Etheric, etheric, etheric rock. rock. Cool, all right, you know, and run we, with it. Yeah, yeah we have yeah. other vibes, you know, there's some hip-hop kind of vibes in there mm -hmm. sometimes, and we're really kind of diving more into the more production production uh, side of things. So. You know, that makes sense. I do remember now there was a hip-hop component to it, because yeah. you guys were talking earlier about a set that you just played where there was like a hip-hop festival afterwards mm -hmm. or right. something mm -hmm. like that. Well, Julia Flo really well. Uh, yes, you, you that is correct. The self talk that we have there on is... SoundCloud and YouTube. Yeah, that is correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's got, yeah, we we have a fair we're shows. we're trying to really marry these acoustic instruments with electronica. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Which I think a lot of bands are trying to do, but we're, you know, we have our own take on it and our own style on it and, yeah. and I think mm -hmm. that there's probably some genre out there if you comb through Spotify or, or something like that of course um, to find but we haven't really found the the right words to explain it mm, but yeah. the that's two fine. components seem to be electronic yeah. and rock that's good yeah you know I find that that's the case for a lot of bands nowadays mm -hmm. you know everyone yeah. used to say I think people started coining it in like the early 2010s that were post-genre now. Yeah. But now that we're right, 10 years exactly. divorced from that, you know, <laughs> I find it's kind of accurate. There are a lot of bands that are doing stuff that don't really, it's hard to categorize it, you know? So, so we can I say that we're post-post-genre. Po yeah, we'll post-post-genre. <laughs> we're a sub-genre of post-genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's also an interesting topic because um, our guitar player has recently decided to move home and so we're going to be changing our sound a bit, and we don't actually know what that sounds like yet. Right. That's exciting. Yeah. 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 That's so, fantastic. To be continued. Cool. Yeah. Anything yeah. you guys are thinking of to start? We Does it usually just bubble up, I'm assuming, from somewhere? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things we've been talking about is focusing on ourselves as a quintet. Is that right now? Yeah. We're a quintet? That's cool. Um, if and that means five yeah, focusing on the five of us and and. We gener we do the song generation, and then going out and finding other people. Other we know a lot of different instrumentalists, you know, who can come in and play flute or fiddle or guitar, and have them come in and do their part, but not um, not revolving the, the band around a guitarist. And so I think that's the music the 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 core of it's going to come from some of those electronic elements mm -hmm. that we produce. Then we add that layer of, of acoustic instruments, and then voice. Cool. And even aside from electronics. Yeah. There's five of us. We can make right. a lot of sound. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Cello is a cello instrument. Already. Cello, bass, <laughs> keys, all these amazing vocals. I'm looking yeah. at this cello right now behind me. That's the one that you play mm -hmm. on stage. Yeah, it's freaking beautiful. I mean, this is not a visual podcast at the moment, but it's basically <laughs> like if you if you took that cello and put it up on a paint program and just it'll erased the middle of it. Yeah, it's like yeah. a skeleton of a, a skeleton of a cello. Skello. Yeah. Skello. Yeah. 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 Like it. yeah that's Put that in the bio. Yeah. Yeah. That's electronic cello. That's, that's, that, that's our genre. So that is an electric cello? Electric cello, yeah. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Electric stringed like bowed instruments like that always fascinate me. Ever they're, since I was... Yeah, they're actually pretty hard to pull off. Yeah. Um, you're taking the thing that's the most unique about that instrument, the great big beautifully carved wooden box, uh -huh. and you're taking that away. Yeah. And so you have to work quite hard to build tone 
and resonance on top of that. And that's been a multi-year process. I can imagine. Yeah. What do you, how do you normally do that? Like, does it start from the sound up? Do you add electronics to it somehow? It's a combination of EQ, um, uh, impulse response, which is a new technology that allows you to use uh, these wave maps based on wave files to make one thing sound more like another. Mm. Um, and uh, reverb. Wow. To kind okay. of add a little, a little more body and, and thickness to it. Cool. I think the EQ is the most important part, though. Which makes a lot of sense, yeah. yeah. You take that bassy, like that cavernous sound, and translate that somehow into a. Like it's, a more, it's more of a controlling things that aren't nice, like nasality and harshness. Mm. Also and, true. And bringing those down. Mm -hmm. The first electronic stringed instrument I remember hearing was John Cale's electric violin in the Velvet Underground. Yeah, and, electric uh, violins work better than electric cellos. They have a very pure, like, simple sine wave. True. Uh, in those higher frequencies, it's a lot harder to emulate the husky, low, woody tones of a cello. That's I'm always jealous of, of electric violinists. They can play through a crappy little amp and actually sound pretty good with some reverb. Absolutely. The cello has taken years to figure out. And, well, you're rocking it, because that show is fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, so... True. Do you guys all live together? Because we're recording this right now in a house, in a loft, one of the coziest places I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> three um, of us live here. Okay, three of you yeah. live here. And then me and Julia yeah. live together in what we yeah. call the goddess temple up yeah. in Lovely. Kenmore. Lovely. <laughs> cool. Where are you three saying? Three other women. Three of our other best friends. Cool. Um, up in Kenmore, Washington. Kenmore, okay, yeah. cool. All or right. Neanderthals, like the men and the women. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And we get well, together to make things. We gotta yeah. have a red yeah. tent over here. Yeah. Perfect. You got to be the goddess house. temple. We, when we suggested god temple here, it got shot down. I can imagine, no. yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> standard. Different implications. Yeah, exactly. The, the lunar landing. Yeah, lunar landing. That's cute. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. <laughs> they vetoed the loon coop. <laughs> we actually have a chicken why. coop out back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? So. Do you guys have chickens? No, ah, I see. Maybe some loons. One day, ooh, hey, that's right. That is an animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is legal to grow chickens around here. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember yeah. people in town who had them. Have you guys ever been to Columbia City down mm -hmm. south? Used to live there. Oh yeah, lovely yeah. place. That's but... and actually that's one of our next shows is the Royal Room. Oh, love the Royal Room. That yeah. place has really built a name for itself. In uh, April, April twenty-six. Yeah. Cool. April twenty-six. Good self-promotion. You know. So check out Luness at April 26th, unless this is after April 26th. Unless it's and the 25th. That's true. Well, still, you know. Check our check our let's page. Put a, we'll let's put, put a bad there. edit point in here. Yeah. <laughs> April 25th. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Love it. Um, so one of the things that I find most fascinating about you guys, when I remember hearing about you for the first time, is that, you know, there are some bands that are democratic songwriters, which I'm assuming also happens in this band, but you guys also tackle so much individually, you know? I've worked in a couple of bands. I've been in a couple of bands where it's sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a dictatorship. But what I find very refreshing is that you guys do a lot of that stuff individually that then benefits the rest of the band. Like at the beginning, you guys are explaining that you all do different stuff. Like you, mm -hmm. there's promotion, there's sound work, there's mm -hmm. booking, there's all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think that's super super cool. You know, how'd you guys sort of decide on that? You know, well, first of all, I guess the bottom question is how'd you guys meet? You know, is this? I, I can't assume that this is the first time that any of you are in a band. You no. know, because it came together. <laughs> yeah. You know, How did uh, we we really came together through uh, most of us through other bands that that worked in the same circles. So I think like a lot of bands, you know, you kind of know each other for a while and you go, oh, I like this person and I like that person, and then one day you find yourself all in the band together and you go, ah, oh, this is the band that was sort of 
you know, the other towards. bands were leading to. And cool. so all, you know, we were in three different bands mm-hmm. between us. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I, Gabe and the bass player and I were in one band together. Plus you've got other groups and Nick and Elise and David were in one band. You know, with we were Jordan. Band, huh? With Jordan. With Jordan too. also, yeah. which is our, yeah. our guitar player. Yeah. Um, we spent a lot of time with the band that Julia was in mm-hmm. called Fever Tribe. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, yeah, then we all decided to sort of make our own thing. We all found that we were interested in doing that together. Cool. Yeah. Is this all from Washington or is there other different states around? I, mean, I think we're all from a lot of different places. But cool. We Those all bands were all in this area. So. In this area? Yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so who here, this is a terrible question, but who here do you think works the hardest oh of God. all you guys? I know, that's a terrible <laughs> question, question, I know. David. David. Okay. David. Yeah? yeah? This guy yeah. right here? Oh, thank you. He has yeah. put on the most hats the most simultaneously, yeah. like a stack of five or six. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, you know, when it comes it, down to it. It felt nice to say blah, blah, blah at the beginning. Of the <laughs> yeah, you know. Just to sort of like run, run over it. But yeah, I, I, the nice thing about it for me is that I, uh, I'm a designer by trade and I, I have a long history with design and videography and, and video production, sound production, all this stuff. And so one of the things I love about being in this band is that it just has, it's like, it's like I've been in training my entire life to be able to do this. That's so cool. I've got a group that is also really, really... Um, uh, appreciative and, and they, they're very good about acknowledging and thanking and and supporting me and doing all this stuff but by the same token everybody magically is really good at something else that I'm not good at that's fantastic but, you know we're all we all have these different things so back to your original question we it's pure luck right? pretty much I mean or serendipity whatever you want to call it but we all ended up together with these different different uh, silos of, of um, skills and then we have all these ones that, that overlap, obviously the musical ones. And mm-hmm. so it's as a band, I think I have to say we all work really hard. Mm-hmm. And I watch, you know, these guys when they're downstairs at the table banging out stuff for social media and all that, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, mm-hmm. what a job. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, I forget who handles that in this band right now, mm-hmm. social media. Mainly, mainly me and Gabe, yeah. Good on you. Yeah. yeah. God. Some people are just are really good at it, some people are just not. I am in the latter camp. Like just one of those people that's just, oh, social media, I can't do it. You yeah, know? these three, like, they, they I mean, they, it's just covered so that, yeah. you know. And then, and Nick, look at the, around you. Yeah, do you exactly. you see all these sound panels? I'm surrounded by sound you panels. You use mirrors to figure out where those go. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. So. Oh, my God. This room sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'm surrounded by lights so and a projector and instruments and a drum kit and mm-hmm. pads and chairs mm-hmm. and carpet. There's so much here. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, Do you notice how the, the, the little trees match the trees on the... Oh! <laughs> also yeah. a product of Nick's... Uh, yeah, we inspired. Have, we have also foam. matches our website. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. We have foam that's cut out to, as almost like trees to match a big tapestry of a moon and trees that looks like yeah. very Luness vibes. That's really cool. Yeah. I went on a soundproofing manic episode. <laughs> <laughs> how long did that last? It lasted about a month. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And the same, the yeah. same month that we were also producing, or we were also putting together six more songs for the show that you saw us at. Yeah, yeah. We put to, we spent a whole month uh, putting, yeah, getting six more songs together, and then Nick was also putting together yeah. the studio. Pretty Holy much. crap! As the first four person in the band with tinnitus, I, I <sighs> was uh, have become very obsessed with ear health. Yeah, musicians. Absolutely. Um, because I'm now not the only person with tinnitus in right. the band. Mm-hmm. And 
and uh, I think it is, it's a risk. Music is too loud, and when you are playing it all the time, you're exposed to a lot of it, and everybody, get your earplugs, bring them to every show. It's true. It's not cool anymore. It's not cool anymore to be unprotected when you're playing. Yeah. And that was me when I started playing music. Uh, When I started leading my own bands, I would make the conscious decision not to wear earplugs and ear protection because I was like, I need to hear everything. Mm -hmm. And that just ended up being bad. Yeah. You know, I also go to shows like I remember the first time I saw Kurt Vile was at mm-hmm. Pearl Street, which is his club in Northampton, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And the at the end of the set, he played one of his songs off one of our earlier albums, and he had a, a live saxophonist. And that guy started playing straight into the microphone, and it got to the point. You know how where sound all of a sudden just goes way beyond loud <laughs> to like it becomes one note, and you mm-hmm. know you're doing damage to yourself. Yeah. You're just like, I guess I gotta be here and do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look uncool and plug my ears up, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's not cool not to wear your protection. You definitely have to wear protection it's everywhere not you go. Cool to be uncool, I guess. That's true. So, well, so you just you know, I just keep two earplugs in your wallet. Yeah, like, exactly. Anywhere you can, yeah. you know, get a little you case. Never know when you're gonna, yeah, on the streets or something. Yeah, yep. then you can get that much closer to the speakers. Ex- exactly. Hug those babies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so you true. Get the bass. My uh, my yeah. old drummer had uh, an audiologist friend who made earplugs that were specific to his ears. Oh yeah. Just plugged them in. Yeah. yeah. Notice that the drum kit is down. All the way, yeah. Down the other end. <laughs> yeah, which, which is was, a good call. Was one of our game time decisions uh, that Nick suggested, and I think it really helps. Because there's a little bit of a barrier. For, exactly. For yeah, song. that's important. That, that's the thing too. Is I've been in so many bands with drums. It's the drums that usually are just yeah. like standing right next to them. It's just we do all use. Um, we have an in-ear monitor system that we mm. started off. So our even our our first show, and every show from now on, uh, you know, we have an in-ear system that we're listening to. With some of us use noise canceling. I do, for example, to take the acoustic off. Yeah. the drums off of my my ears. Totally. That's important. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing too. Is is Again, that's a an added level of professionalism because I think once you have access to things like inner ear monitors, like, why wouldn't you use them? You know, mm-hmm. principles aside, you know, it's good to be able to hear yourselves and make sure that that sound is coming. That know? was what it was for, you know. We, exactly. We all had had the experience of playing shows and just not enjoying it because we couldn't hear ourselves mm-hmm. or couldn't mm-hmm. hear the band and just kind of have to play by muscle memory, but not really being able to be musically present. Exactly. You know? Just playing what you know the part requires but not being able to fully be enjoying the experience along the way and that sucks exactly I never want to do that again yeah you know now here's the interesting thing like uh there was a whole i, I would like to say the diy movement bar, bar and away punk because that's sort of like its own genre but that sort of movement started in earnest around like the 80s and stuff and then that built up but that was all built on the ethos that you do it yourself but now that we're, it's 2020, it's like three decades after that, and the technology has become so, I guess technically four decades, the, the technology has gotten so advanced and the barrier to entry has gotten so low that you can do all of this professional stuff at the ground level, Yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So all that's left is principle, you know? It's like, oh, we'll just, we'll play our amps really loud, you know, we'll just, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put this together. But this is a DIY band right here, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. You guys do everything yourselves, yeah. Yeah. you know? So yeah. I find that really fascinating because there's, there's more and more cases of that nowadays, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's not, just, it's not just necessity anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, necessity can be right at the ground up, you know? Yeah. You guys have all these connections and stuff that you can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And choosing to, you know, reach for anything that we can, mm-hmm. you know? Because we all came here with a lot of really useful skills, but then we identified, well, okay, we need a... A, a, a modern band needs to do these things and market itself in these ways that we 
are still learning how to do. That's the other thing. And that's just what we've really had to identify there's a need for, mm-hmm. there'd be a role. Yeah. And so we learn things. And we should a, actually yeah. take a moment to acknowledge that we've had a group of people show up who are doing who are now doing the video that they're shooting and they're helping mm-hmm. us out with sound mm-hmm. and they're doing and uh, lights and visuals lights and visuals yeah. right yeah. and somebody's doing some 3d graphics for us that we were looking forward to seeing cool you know, Rigo. yeah Rigo. Yeah. <laughs> he's been on my podcast before he's great <laughs> yeah so so these people are showing up to who believe in the music enough and what we're doing and our our capabilities to want to help us mm-hmm. become a better band Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's knowing when to get help, too, is a thing. Because there's one thing to do everything yourselves and attempt to do that, and people believe that there is a principle behind that. But also, knowing that there are other people who definitely do stuff that are better than you. You know, well, and, and the amazing thing is when they first show up and say, "Hey, I want to help you." Also, true. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. worth it. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. hugely, you know, yeah. encouraging. And yeah, like, we just get to have so much gratitude for people who wanted to support what we're doing by mm-hmm. creating or and I think it's helpful too that like we put a lot of emphasis on video you know getting the videos we have three videos out there oh yeah that's YouTube. true um, so where you know we're actually putting out a sound a visual and a kind of a communication establishing a relationship with the people who are watching mm-hmm. um, so sort of I, everything I that people need really, to see yeah exactly yeah 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 the yeah. background the... right yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can look us up with Luness, but we're not the guy with the Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> what? We should make we should make Let's a point make that, that distinction. Yes. Yeah. Put it in the bio. Luness yeah. music. Yeah. Not the guy with the Uzi. Not the guy with the Uzi. A parenthetical. <laughs> Another really beautiful um, aspect of the way that we're approaching this entire thing is the fact that we are have a strong intention to integrate community as a whole into this project and and that is a huge reason why we have people showing up really offering to give us to to help us um, and aren't you know asking for much in exchange uh, you know obviously friendship is is our reciprocity and um, we love them and they're they've really become part of the family um, and yeah just really the way that our community has shown up for us mm-hmm. I mean in at our first show we were just completely blown away. That was the Nectar, right? Yeah. Yeah. We opened for the human experience in Gong Gong Beyond. I was not at that show, but I remember hearing from Rigo that that for an opener, you guys had such a crowd for your first show. That's what sort of intrigued me. I was like, where is this coming from? (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it comes from, like Julia was saying, the fact that we've been so diligent about putting out the videos and the content and showing people the backstory of like, how we're pouring mm-hmm. our our heart and our souls into this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just the fact that, and I think you said you wanted to bring this up later, the fact that we are involved in the ecstatic dance community here in Seattle, yeah. and that mm-hmm. we um, have all been here for a while, creating strong bonds with that community, and that community is just so um, just so generous in the ways that they show up for Absolutely. each other and support each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Definition of community. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of our lyrical content, you know, reflects that uh, coalition sort of of souls, that right. collective. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, it's just an awesome togetherness that we've really, really, really uh, are thriving in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something I don't see a lot, you know. Uh, I'll, I will go to a lot of shows, a lot of well-respected acts, a lot of... Uh, 
bands that will have attention, you know. There will still be the typical audience reaction, you know, where they're they're there to enjoy the music, but a lot of it is very static, mm -hmm. you know, static appreciation, you know. Mm -hmm. It's almost self-conscious a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found interesting about your guys, at least the show that I went to, the people that were there to support you guys, there were a really good amount of people mm. at that. It was like a Wednesday at the Central Saloon, which, yeah, you know, that, that, that's an outlier, you know. Yeah. But um, there was just so many people there that felt I could sense that were there for you mm -hmm. and also were part of that community, mm -hmm. you know. And that's a lot of whole bands have built their reputations on that, mm -hmm. you know, like people that are there to experience that and to be a part of that, you know. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a new definition of that particular kind of band, you know, that you wouldn't think of nowadays. One of the interesting ways that that looks is what we don't see is kind of the semicircle of people distancing themselves from the stage. Like, people are up close to the stage moving. Yeah, also and true. I appreciate that so much. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I feel like a huge, I mean, part, I mean, almost like a re the audience should understand that it's their responsibility to contribute something back. You know, we're Why playing else would you be playing on stage and... What we see from the audience is what they're putting back into our performance. Exactly. Yeah. And when the audience is moving, they are dynamically contributing to the energy that we have to put back into our instruments. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're very much a part of the performance. Mm -hmm. And you know, everything that I'm experiencing while I'm playing goes into my playing. Mm -hmm. And it's you know like a feedback loop between mm -hmm. stage and the rest of the venue. And when the audience can really demonstrate that they're energetically involved in the performance. I mean, I just have so much more to give. Yeah, it's such a crucial mm -hmm. per part of the audience-artist relation when it comes to being on stage. I read a book recently called Meet Me in the Bathroom, which was a, it was like a chronicling, like an oral history of the New York underground exploding from like 1999 to like 2010, I guess. <laughs> and a lot of that was because um, underground rock at that moment was very indie, and because of that, like there was there was sort of an unspoken just like oh I'm here to appreciate I'm not necessarily here to dance you know or anything like that, mm -hmm. and it was a bunch of bands that were sort of promoting that you know bands like the Strokes and the IIAs were have, were and and technically LCD Sound System I guess were all sort of coming together and and letting the audience be that kind of have that kind of participation you know or want to participate in that regard you know mm -hmm. so seeing a band do that like you guys you know allowing or at least coming together with an audience that wants to do that, that wants to be a part of that, you know, that's important, yeah. you know? Well, and, you know, I'll, I'll say that there's also, you know, a, a nearly opposite but corollary experience I've had where, you know, once, you know, in another band years ago, I was playing at the Can-Can to a, a small audience on, you know, probably a weeknight. But it was such an amazing experience because everyone was listening so intently that... I felt that same type of participation on a, I mean, they felt like a much bigger crowd right. than they physically were, and I could hear them listening. Mm -hmm. And again, that came back and went into my performance because there was just so much of a connection of involvement mm -hmm. um, that, you know, they were as energetically present to the music as they as if they were dancing. That's important. It's why I see a lot of, a lot of genres like hardcore, for example, a lot of genres that, that whether or not it's the bands, the, the audience working themselves into a froth, or uh, bands like you guys where people are dancing, you know, uh, a lot of jazz genres like that. Those are the genres that draw the most audience, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, at least in a general sense, you know. Participation is just so important in that regard. Mm 
And there's uh, so many ways that it can look, too. Exactly. You know, it it, it, to it takes so many forms. And it really is, you know, again, it is the responsibility of the artist to create an environment where that is appreciated and, and you can lure people to do that, but it's also part of the audience to take that energy and work with it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to see someone at a show, you know, you want to, you should be a part of that, you know, mm -hmm. I yeah. guess, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. been one of the fun things to watch. These two on stage is their interactions because they're the primary ones interacting with the audience. You know, where the rest of us are up there having fun and doing our thing, but they have the microphones mm -hmm. and they're engaging with the, the with people and getting them going and give you know, giving stories about the songs, uh, you know, giving them some backstory a little bit or just telling them, you know, you get to get up. And so it's 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 fun to it's been fun to watch them over the course of these these few shows growing in what they're doing. Right. Exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. It's pretty nerve-wracking, the first show. Oh, yeah, the first one. That's the, that's the show that I talk the most. And the, the second, the, the next two shows, I'm, like, more scared. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It takes but, time to loosen up. Yeah. And it's funny because we have been in other projects before, mm -hmm. but with this new project, there was just so much energy around mm -hmm. it. And, and with each project, you're creating a different vibe. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we were just, we're, we're slowly getting used to right. what, like we were saying with the genre and how it's ever evolving, like slowly getting used to the vibe that we're really cultivating when we're on stage. And yeah, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. Reinforcement. Really, really, I mean, ultimately, we're just having fun. Totally. We just want to be ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's I, interesting just be authentic. to like, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to ebb and flow in between, you know, the songs that are way more high energy and then the songs that drop way down into a deep, you know, like earth prayer space, you know, yeah, and like then, a sensual and then, space. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, or like, it, and then kind of communicating those ebbs and flows with people as your being like this vessel of that energy is really mm -hmm. interesting. And having them feel it. Yeah. You know, exactly. That's important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, because you mentioned uh, the ecstatic dance community. Something that I, when I learned about it, started to do research on, because I used to work with someone who, they taught me ecstatic dance, or like taught me what the concept was. Mm. I remember going to, uh, there was a party, I think it was a Valentine's Day shindig that, that someone was holding on, I forget what the town was, but it's near Kingston. Like it's all the way on the other side of the, the mm -hmm. bay. Um, it was like a Valentine's Day lingerie party, but there was also an ecstatic dance component. It was the I first was time. There. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen a, a part of that or it, or participate in that community. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something I'd never thought about, but it blows my mind. You know, um, ecstatic dance for, for anybody who doesn't know is it, it has ancient origins, mm -hmm. but nowadays it's sort of mm -hmm. practiced as. Basically, it's like a way to provoke a feeling of transcendence and ecstasy through dance, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's self-unconscious, I guess. Or it, if you're never doing it for the first time, you start sort of self-conscious and then it, it, you sort of transcend yourself, mm -hmm. you know? But um, I was doing a little bit of research on it, and I think a lot of modern, I believe, a lot of modern interpretations that started in, like, the 70s, there was, like, five rhythms or something right, like fifth, that. Fifth rhythm, yeah. Yeah, fifth rhythm. Is that yeah. is kind of starting from like your first rhythm, which is like stillness, and then moving through towards the ecstasy, like ecstatic bliss, and yeah. then back to stillness. I believe the five waves were, if I'm getting correct, mm -hmm. flow, uh, staccato, mm -hmm. chaos, lyrical, uh, stillness. I think is the end. I yeah. think or something like that. I need to make sure. 
Yeah. Flowing staccato chaos lyrical stillness mm -hmm. is the five mm -hmm. rhythms, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which makes a lot of sense because yeah. you start, you ease into it, right. and then you get like a little more energetic, and then there's chaos, mm -hmm. and then lyrical, you turn your dance into something that feels like it has words, mm -hmm. and then you calm it, mm -hmm. you know? So you get transcendence through there. And that was Gabriel Roth um, from the 1970s. And ever since then, there's been a whole bunch of different kinds of communities. Um, there's there was a program I remember called Ecstatic Dance Community, straight up, and that was Max Fathom from 2001. He'd started, I think, in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. There was one that was uh, in California that started almost 10 years ago, I believe. And then there was one in Houston that was like 2003. There's a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, I found it interesting that it really started with uh, uh, ancient Greece was yeah, where Ecstatic Dance people. started. Mm -hmm. My name is, yeah, of course. Eat a little rotten barley and go to town. Yeah, go to town, <laughs> yeah. Don't rip anyone's arms off. <laughs> it was the uh, Mayanids. They were worshippers of Dionysus, and they were like, mm -hmm. and they were the ones that were like, we're going to dance and, and evoke the, the god of Dionysus, which makes a lot of sense, the Bacchanalia aspect to it. Um, but that, back then, there was always a religious component to it or a shamanistic component to it. The, usually they would take like hallucinogenic drugs. The right. defining component of a stag dance is that it's usually sober, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. all sober dancing, yep. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. How did you guys get into that? Or like, was there a place where it just started or where you got interested in it? You know? Yeah, moving up here, you mean just like being involved in like, yeah, moving up here. Yeah. Um, just like, because I feel like our community is kind of based around, you know, on culture. Yeah, so, there's, like, a, yeah there's, a, there's definitely the, a community center that, that sort of gives it a, a yeah. geography, which is own culture. Yeah. Up in, up zone in culture. Own culture. Own culture. Own culture. I get it. Yeah, cool. own culture up in Wallingford uh, yeah. is sort of, I think, ground zero for that for, yeah. Interesting. for this, this, this particular community in, mm. in Seattle. Well, then cool. there's circles that yeah. go on from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it started, I was backpacking around Costa Rica and I stayed at this place called Pachamama and it's like an eco village um, and I did a silent retreat where we did a lot of Osho meditations. Interesting. And a lot of the meditations involved aspects of ecstatic dance uh, as therapy. Interesting. And, yeah, and I became very interested in um, the somatic the somatic therapy aspects of moving my body um, as a way to work through any stress or um, yeah, just anything I was processing. Right. And so I moved to Seattle um, to go to Bastyr University and I was in a graduate school program for nutrition and counseling. And in order to let go of that stress, I found home culture and started doing a static dance. And through that, I met all these wonderful people. Cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's fantastic. And I had another background in it. When I lived in mm -hmm. Olympia, um, I went to college down there, and I lived in that city for about six years, and there was an ecstatic dance community there that was where I first heard of ecstatic dance. And mm -hmm. that was around the time where I just learned to dance in general, you know, mm -hmm. Grew up listening to a lot of metal. You, know, that's you can dance, dance to metal, you but can it's move to it. But yeah. no one would call it dance. It's one movement. Like it's, it's, it's how you dance without it's like, it's like not to the chaos. acknowledging that your your GI Joes are dolls. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I had to unlearn, you know, metalhead dancing, and you know, finally learn to dance going to shows. But then, you know, realized I wanted to explore it more, and you know, found that ecstatic dance community, and that's just you know, movement in general is. A powerful practice for me you yeah. know and 
I'm a musician, and so music is a powerful practice to me. So mm-hmm. dance is, you know, my, two of my favorite things put together. Integrated. Yeah. yeah. There's um, a sort of a trance element to it, right? As oh, far as absolutely. trance music, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Is that sort of the direction maybe you'd think that that would be a part of your music at some point, if it's not already? Trance. Trance. Because I, I know that trance is part of it. Very likely. Yeah? Um, it might be cool. You know, yeah, th- there's a yeah. genre called trance. Yeah. I don't think we'll sound like that. But <laughs> pretty high right. BPM. Yeah, there, but there's definitely, I mean, a trance-inducing quality about music that is one of my favorite things about music. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's, I'm kind of dabbling in it or drawing from that personally, regardless of what I'm playing. Right. Know? Um, and so if we get a little bit more of a space to open that up, then, well, it's it's there if you look for it. Yeah, yeah, more production aspect for sure, like we were saying earlier. And also, too, I have this, like, vision f- to integrate, um, like, circ arts, you know, fire, fire play and Ooh. aerial arts. And, yeah, because that was kind of, like, one of my first loves, too. And so um, I think that'll be really cool. To when you say fire blade... Is that what you Fire say? play. Fire like, play, like yeah. with the uh, fire. Yeah, and... like hoops and fans, and you know, like have like people like come up on stage, kind of like Quixotic. Yeah. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Um, mm. Yeah, I feel like we'll have an aspect maybe kind of like that at some point. I do think our yeah. music is is maybe uh, is possibly going towards a place where it's again there's that acoustic element, but there are again through beats and and percussion mm-hmm. um, and that rhythm and so forth that we might be going towards trying to create the type of live music that produces that environment for mm-hmm. people to dance in that way yeah. Yeah. now granted it depends on where we're at you know people might not be as sober as they would at a specific <laughs> ecstatic dance, but I think kind of creating that that environment for them and then you know what they're doing yeah. on their own time is, is mm-hmm. you know up to them but as long as they have that sort of container where they can come in and and dance and move um, and you know a lot of the, the music that you hear there a lot of times it doesn't have lyrics or doesn't have vocals and so forth it tends to be a lot of of electronica and so forth not always but um, that's Deeper. one of the elements that we're obviously right. going to be bringing and then, in. Yeah, that interpretive element will right. be there yeah. for us to interpret, even movement-wise. Like, you know, I'm excited to be able to do that on stage, you know, and then yeah. have the audience. Exactly. You know, as well. Yeah. yeah. Be able to take that energy, bring it back to the audience, yeah. have it be that feedback loop, mm-hmm. you know, that vital feedback loop that's so important, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so we're almost reaching the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um do you guys uh, have anything you want to let the audience know that you're doing? Anything that's in the works? I know you guys have so many different components, the visual component. We, like... Yeah, we're, we're going to film another video in March. Cool. In the middle of March. And this is a really uh, cool song, actually, that David wrote. So it's going to be his first song to bring Woo! to the oh, table. Um, right. It's a really potent, uh, it's a really beautiful prayer song. Cool. Um, and so we're going to film that up in Leavenworth. And so we'll be having that on our YouTube channel in the next few months so it's exciting sounds wonderful we're filming yeah. two. two two oh yeah we're recording and filming two right now priceless, yeah. priceless. And oh yeah yeah and, holy and crap priceless, and priceless has yeah. been a crowd favorite i feel i've i've mm-hmm. gotten a lot of feedback from people that they just love the sort of it's got a little bit of a a bluesy uh it's in three it's a shuffle or not a shuffle but it's like a 
A walt. No, it's got a no. It's it's, got, it, it's a different feel. Yeah. It's a different feel, small, but it's yeah. <laughs> we cool. figured we figured this out. We were doing the math on it the other day. With uh, we were recording, Jordan, our guitar player, is, is laying down the guitar for it, and we were trying to figure out why it wasn't lining up to a, a, a to four four, and and that's because it's not. It's in three. Four. <laughs> yeah. The big one. But reveal. it feels like it's in four. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I think we're it's recording actually in that. Six eight. It's probably six eight. <laughs> Technical. Yeah. Uh, we're really excited about this song though because it um, is our first song that is really speaking more directly to um, environmental activism which is something we're all very passionate about right. that's good mm-hmm. excellent mm-hmm. that's and fantastic that's also a huge intention of ours is to is to have this activism aspect and to be utilizing our gifts in the in with music um, to to spread change throughout the world and to help people mm. wake up to what are the things that really need to happen. That's good. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like when we talk about etheric rock, we still need that word conscious in front of it. <laughs> because it, I think I do feel it's a very conscious band. We're not, you know, we're not going to likely be writing a lot of, uh, you know, love songs mm-hmm. about breakups and things like well, that. Um, not to say that we can't, I'm just saying, but our, our lyrics already, is you, they're, yeah. they're deep, they have meaning. And some of them don't make sense at all, which means that you can derive your own meaning from them. Yeah. yeah. So, of course. Some come from emotional intelligence. Some come from right. activism-based things. Uh, you actually, Julia, could speak a lot more to right. what yeah, some of the lyrics come from. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, sort of an immersion of, um, you know, trying to stay on that conscientious vibration of uh what we all want to change in the world and then also it has a lot to do with self-actualization self-love um divine feminine uh empowerment you know like uh, every day i'm working on you know how can i be a better person and be more empowered and so a lot of a lot of the lyrics that i bring are about that right Mm -hmm. yeah that's good yeah it's important yeah. yeah. You know. It's kind of everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. We'll make it everything. You know, that won't be hard at all. Um, all right. So thank you guys so much for being on this podcast. Thanks I really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad I, this is the most people I've ever had on the podcast at one, <laughs> at one time. So I'm happy that you guys are all here. Uh, I've had a lovely time. Thank you for the beer. Thank you for the tea. <laughs> thank you for the love. I really appreciate it. Thank you, too. Thank you. Uh, Check out Luness. Um, They've got all the socials. They're doing a crap ton. Definitely check out their YouTube channel because they have the videos. They've got the songs. Luness Music. Luness Music. Not with the Uzi. Not the one with the Uzi. Yeah, that's important. Uh, They've got the talent. They've got the power. They've got the shine to work. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Tape Deck. Uh, We will see you next episode. Bye-bye. Okay. We're good.